the book of John and the 10th chapter. John chapter 10. Praise the Lord. Let's take a moment and pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we do thank you for your word today. Thank you that it's alive to us. It's precious. It's valuable. We esteem it highly. And Lord, thank you for your spirit working in us. We're not reading a a dead book, not reading just dry words on a page. There's life in in these words. And Lord, the spirit of God takes them and reveals truth to us that makes us free. Lord, give each one the spirit of wisdom and revelation today, I pray. And Lord, may we all get exactly what we need to get. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, John chapter 10, notice with me over here in verse 10. Jesus speaking here said, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Can we see real clear that it is the will of God that we have life? That word life, like we explained to you already, is life in the same degree or quality that God has. He wants us to have a life just like His. And Jesus came for that purpose. Amplified Bible says the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they might have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Praise God. It is the will of God now that we enjoy our lives. There are too many people that are miserable. They're just not having fun. (laughs) They're not having a good time. I don't mean life is totally consisting of or should be the sum total of fun. There are some aspects of work and, and, uh, and sacrifice and, and some of these things. But the Lord definitely wants you and I to enjoy ourselves while we're here on the earth. It's not all about our future in heaven. It's about here and now. And He wants us to have a good time. That's why we're talking about how to be happy and enjoy life. And we need instruction in this regard. All right, this is not an automatic. Uh, I found that out just because I've seen, I don't know if you have or if you've ever noticed one, but there are some people that aren't happy. <laughs> I've even seen some Christians that weren't smiling. And if you see them, You'll know what's going on. They haven't heard this message. (laughs) But the Lord wants us to be happy and enjoy our lives. The way that's going to happen, we understand, is not by everything around us coming into perfect order. It's not that everything has to be perfect that comes to us. This revolves uh, primarily around an internal way of believing and thinking and our attitude and the things that we do. That will cause us to be happy and enjoy our lives. If you think about uh, Adam and Eve, they were placed in ideal surroundings. 
I mean perfect in every way. They had every kind of everything they ever wanted, desired. They had perfect prosperity and health and relationship with each other and with God. And you think about it, if you were the devil, what would you do? How would you how do you tempt a guy like that? You can't tempt Adam with another woman. There weren't any. <laughs> you know, you can't you can't tempt him to eat trans fats. <laughs> or whatever you consider <laughs> might be potentially unhealthy. I'm not preaching diet. <laughs> can't tempt him to, you know, everything was just, he had everything in perfection. But what did the enemy do? Got him to look at the one thing that God said, you can't have that. And that's just amazing to me how that what he did it's still kind of the way people are today instead of looking at everything that's good we focus on what we can't have you know even if you talk about negatives people do that in marriage and and their spouse has a lot of great characteristics and qualities and they find that one thing that drives them up the wall that's all they think about and it produces a dissatisfaction and what was it about with Adam and Eve, they got all these trees and amazing fruits and all this stuff all around them. But uh, in, the, in the middle of that, they are feeling like, I've just got to have that one. I've just got to taste that. Why would you even think that? But here, what this reveals to us, though, is someone, again, can have everything good all around them and still miss it and still be dissatisfied with their abundance. Likewise, because that's true, we also know that a person can be lacking and they can still have fulfillment and happiness even if everything's not right. Doesn't mean that it's not the will of God for everything to be right and for there to be fulfillment in all these issues, but it does mean that our happiness and fulfillment and our ability to enjoy life needs to be divorced from what's happening around us because there will always be something else. There will always be something else to get, whether it's a physical thing or something of another nature, okay? People always tend to look at what they cannot have. Now, uh, many believers today, many Christians are also looking for something else. And we've talked about this already to, to a degree about natural stuff. I want a new... I need a new car to be happy. I need a new job to be happy. I need a new wife to be happy. I need a uh, whatever. All kinds of things that people look at. But this is also true from a spiritual standpoint. All right? Many times people are ill content today because they feel like they just need one more spiritual experience. And if they just had, if God would just move on them in this special way, that would make everything okay. If I just had this type of experience, maybe like they heard somebody else having, then their life would be complete. But how many know the Word of God tells us in Colossians that in Him we are already complete? That when you got saved, He didn't leave anything out, but added everything with that. And I need to recognize that I'm complete in Him. Now, the Lord does promise us another experience. That's called the baptism in the Holy Spirit. But as far as me being saved and filled with the Spirit, I don't need anything else to enjoy my life. 
This is what we need to have established in our way of thinking. I didn't say that there wasn't anything else. I didn't say there wasn't any more moves of God. Things that He might reveal. Things that He would do. But I don't need it to be personally fulfilled and enjoy my life. I've received everything necessary. Amen. Now, this is one of those areas where uh, people become dissatisfied with Jesus. We've all used this. We've said this to people, uh, you know, in sharing the gospel. You know, there's a God-shaped void on the inside of every person, and you need to receive Jesus and He'll, he'll fill that void in your life. And that's true. But you know that some have had that void filled, but have become disillusioned, and they begin to look elsewhere for their fulfillment and satisfaction, and they've got Jesus in their life, they've been saved, they're on their way to heaven, but they still feel like something's missing. And the question is, is something missing, or is something up here missing? <laughs> is it the way, their way of thinking that is contributing to their dissatisfaction and ill-content life. And I believe it is the latter. We've all seen the bumper stickers. Used to be more popular. Uh, the happiness is stickers. Remember those? Maybe some of you have those. Happiness is playing golf. Happiness is fishing. Happiness is... <laughs> Shop. You know, I think in all three services somebody said shopping. <laughs> and that is absolutely not happiness. <laughs> I'm just glad I can be happy in spite of shopping. <laughs> Whatever it is that you like to do, tell me what you like. No, we already heard that one. A little variety here. Vacation, skiing, what? Life church. <laughs> Say it again. <laughs> Get the bumper sticker. Grandkids. <laughs> Eating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me throw this one out to you. Overrides everything. Happiness is being connected to the happy one. You know, God's in a good mood. <laughs> you know, God's enjoying His existence, and our connection with Him is key. You know, it's even been said, uh, if you've been, how many have been to Disneyland? Yeah, a lot of you have been, or Disney World, some have been to Disney World, and and uh, a phrase they use or used to use is uh, that it's the happiest place on earth, right? But uh, how many know that they make you go home? I'm having such a good time here. I just want to stay. <laughs> want to stay and stay and stay. No, you have to go home. And so we must figure out a way to be happy outside of Disneyland <laughs> or outside of any other great surrounding and circumstance that we may find ourselves in. And ultimately what we're looking for is we need to be satisfied with Jesus because there can be a temptation even within the saved, those who are uh, have a good reason to be happy to always be looking for another experience to fulfill them. And I believe that God is 
into experiences. I really believe it. I've, I've experienced some things in my life. But there's a, we can miss it if we don't have a proper understanding of those experiences. For, for example, um, just thinking about my own life, I can remember uh, one time I was in a service, a prayer service, and we were all praising God, quite a few people there. We were just uh, having a good time worshiping God, and we began to shout. We began to shout from the inside out, and it was great, praising God. And I was shouting louder than I had ever shouted up until that time. And just everything was focused on the Lord, and just for a few moments there. And when I stopped, I was toast. That's Greek for... Uh, <laughs> God got all over me to such a strong degree that I could hardly stand. My legs were, they felt like jello, and it felt really good. And I had such joy. I was literally, because I didn't want to be a distraction to those around me, I was on a front row, and, uh, you know, I wasn't trying to want to be a disruption, but I'm wanting to laugh and I'm literally putting my hand over my mouth because I'm someone next to me. He's a friend of mine. He was looking at me like, what in the world's going on? And he didn't know I was having the time of my life. But at the same time, I'm trying just to kind of quell it a little bit. And it was, a, it was just really nice. But here's the deal. Let me tell you something else about that. That was 20 years ago. And it's never happened exactly the same since then. If we don't have a proper understanding of things like that, you can get real depressed. Thinking, what's wrong with me now? I've shouted lots of times. Huh? I've praised God many, many times. Every day of my life, I spend with the Lord, and I talk with Him, and sometimes shout, and, and, uh, and praise God. But you know what? It doesn't always manifest that way. And some could easily think, well, what's wrong with me? What's going on here? Am I doing something wrong? There, uh, my faith is gone. What's, what's happening? How come I'm not experiencing that? You're not supposed to. And I'm not to base the fulfillment and satisfaction of my life on an event like that. Saying, I've got to have that. Now, Lord, now that you've done that for me, you need to do it every day or I'm going to be kind of depressed. Think about that. Think about what we're really saying if we have that mindset. I've got to experience that or something better. God, you've always got to outdo yourself every day of my life where I'm in the middle of it going to feel like, you don't love me anymore. <laughs> Something's wrong. No, I'm just not supposed to base my life upon an experience like that. I need to be satisfied with Jesus. He is enough. Say, don't you believe in those kind of experiences? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I could tell you, if I took time, we could, I could spend the whole day talking about different things that I've had happen. And I don't, wouldn't, I don't want to draw attention to myself by any means, but there's things like that. There's another time uh, th that the Lord moved on me so strong to pray. A lot of people, we, we, we can view prayer sometimes as a duty and it's a job, and don't get me wrong, sometimes it has that element to it. We're getting something done. There was a time the Lord moved on me to pray, and I could hardly think about anything else. And it lasted for a few days. 
And every time I'd open my door where I lived, I'd hit, the knee, I'd hit my knees and I'd be lost in the Spirit. I wasn't looking at my clock thinking, well, how long have I been praying now? It was the easiest thing in the world to pray and it would just float out of me and, and, it was so, and I believe I was on an assignment from God to pray something through and pray it out. And, but the thing is, man, it was just, I liked it. I was like, yeah, this is nice. And when it was, it was God-inspired thing. But is it always like that? No. Most of the time, I got to make myself pray. <laughs> I don't mean that I dislike it, but you know, it's a discipline that we have in our lives. And why doesn't the Lord do that with me all the time? Is something wrong? So, something missing? What? What was something wrong with me? Do I need to do something? To, no. I need to continue to live with Him. I want you to look at John chapter 14. You're just real close there. John chapter 14 and verse 6. Praise God. You have to go home. You can't live there. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and it is sufficient for us. Think about what Philip is saying to the Lord here. He is walking with the Master, the miracle worker. Jesus himself, wisdom is being poured out of him every single day. And he's experiencing this firsthand, God in the flesh, manifest in the flesh. He's with Jesus. And Philip's been around this for a while, and I've kind of gotten used to it. And, and you know, it's, uh, he's acclimated himself to that presence, that anointing that Jesus flows in, and that miracle, the miracle, the wisdom, the teaching, all that stuff. And so he wants something else. And Philip says to Jesus, yeah, you're good and everything. <laughs> but if you could just show us the Father, that would be sufficient for us. In other words, I, I just want one more thing. I know this is good, but we've been doing this a while now. And uh, if you could show us the Father, that would suffice. And that becomes the attitude many times of believers where we're God's got to do one more trick for us. And he's done some great things, but Lord, could you just show me something else? Could you just show me a little bit more? And I, here's, I want you to understand where I'm coming from. God has, a, has more things to show. But I need to be fulfilled and satisfied and say, thank you, Lord, that you are in my life. I, I need to operate in the joy of my salvation. And be able to have this attitude that if I don't ever see anything, I don't have any kind of experience, that that's enough. Jesus went on to say, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. What am I going to show you? But he wanted something else. Think about if, if the Lord Jesus were to appear to you. Come into your house, you had an open vision, he sat down with you for a couple hours talked to you, answered questions, gave you some direction and told you what to do. And you're just sitting in the presence of Jesus. All right. He does that, did that in Bible days, happens today. Uh, uh, but not for most people. You understand? 
Um, but if the Lord Jesus were to do that for you, how would you feel the next day when he didn't show up? Or a week later, or five years later, or ten years later, and you had this experience ten years ago. See, what many people would do, they think, well, what's wrong? Now that I'm moving in visions and revelations, shouldn't the Lord be showing up to me? Lord, aren't we going to do this kind of regular now? No. That is not the plan for how he wants us to walk on the earth. No matter what experience you have, and you may, thank God, and he may show you things and move on you in a special way, but we're not going to walk a foot above the ground for the rest of our life, operating in some higher spiritual mode where we're not really physical human beings anymore. He still wants us, no matter what has happened, no matter what he has shown us, to live and walk by faith. And if I have a vision every day, listen, if someone's telling you they do, they don't. Be skeptical of everything they say is from the Lord. They see Jesus every other day. No, they don't. Huh? People in the Bible, the Apostle Paul had an experience going to heaven, but, uh, you know, in 2 Corinthians 12, but to our knowledge, that happened once. You know, he had some visions and things, but were those things every morning he wakes up, he's got an open vision, and the angels are all hanging around waiting to tell him what to do that day? No, that's not what happens. And he said, no, nothing like that ever happens to me. Don't worry about it. Huh? If you have some spectacular experiences, great. Praise God. Use them for what they were intended for, but then don't base your life on them and think, if I don't have another one, then something's wrong. No, you're just doing it the way God set up that you would live by faith. Faith means no feeling. <laughs> faith means no seeing. It means I believe that I'm saved. That Jesus is the satisfier of my life. He's enough for me. And if I never see anything else, never have a gift of the Spirit manifest, never have any of these uh, miraculous displays, I'm happy just because Jesus is in my life. From that point, do we expect to see and have experience? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I'm not dissatisfied. I'm enjoying just being forgiven. Just being in the kingdom of God. Just being saved. The flesh always craves something more. Something new. Always wanting to make the Lord outdo himself so he can stimulate us in another way. And... Uh, Amen. Amen. We've got to be satisfied with Jesus. I was thinking about, you know, different segments of the body of Christ today. Many are, many are in what we might call, we call denominational churches. And for the most part, uh, uh, they have, I'd say for the most part, many times people in those type of settings have an advantage over folks like us who are spirit-filled, charismatic, we believe in the supernatural and bring it on, yay God, right? Say, <laughs> so what advantage could they have? They don't expect anything to happen. <laughs> and therefore, when it doesn't, they're not disappointed. <laughs> Whereas we, 
desire and expect and we're looking for things to happen and sometimes we get that misplaced and therefore if we're not dazzled every single day with some outstanding experience we think something's wrong whereas they're just saying i'm saved i'm forgiven i'm on my way to heaven and that's not all that's all i'm going to get in this life and so at least they're enjoying life (laughs) all right let's bring this thing into into balance and say we're satisfied with jesus and him alone i don't need anything else I don't need any kind of experience, but I believe in the moving of God's Spirit, believe in the glory of God, and I expect things to happen in me and through me. And yes, I believe in that God moves in special ways and in miraculous, supernatural ways, but I don't need a fix every day to keep me going. I don't need a special goosebump every time I lift my hands to worship God or I think nothing's really real, nothing's happening, God's not there. No, He's there. Because he said he would never leave us. And we base our lives and our walk with God upon that. And listen, and we can be fulfilled in that. We can be satisfied in that. And sometimes in the middle of that, God will walk up to you and go, "Ah!" and squeeze you hard. And you'll say, wow, this is amazing. God is so good. Woo! And and you feel the power. Sorry about spitting there. (laughs) Just really flowing. <laughs> it's anointed spit right now. <laughs> uh, but we experience God and that moving of His Spirit. And, and, and don't get me wrong, again, I expect more of that. I expect increase, expect to experience God in ways I, I haven't yet. But it's not to the point where I'm saying, God, you have to do this for me, otherwise I'm going to be sad. Whatever. How ungrateful. Come on, I need to be happy because I'm forgiven. He's given me eternal life. He's forever with me. And in that, I find fulfillment. Look at Hebrews chapter 13. Bring out this point. A little more from the Word. If we're not satisfied with Jesus, we may start looking elsewhere. And that's sure to disappoint Sometimes people get seeking the experience so much that they, they get into a place where they, they entertain false spirits moving. And uh, I mean, no, the spirit world, the spirit world, the spirit realm is real, but there's more than God there. And when people are all, all their focus is on, I got to feel something new, I got to see something new, new experience, man, that's when they open themselves up to really weird stuff. And they end up starting whole new religions. Because even Satan himself appears as an angel of light, the scripture tells us. So there's deception out there if we're not fulfilled and satisfied with Jesus. In Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5, the word says, Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. If I'm to be content with such things that I have, what is the thing that I have? It is Jesus. He said, don't be coveting every stuff, every, everybody else's stuff. Don't, don't be involved with that. Be content with what you have. Me! Be content with what you have. You have salvation. You have the Lord in your life. And that is enough to keep a smile on your face forever. 
if we recognize that that's the source. Okay? If you've got a boat, great. Enjoy the boat. If you want to have a a mansion, (laughs) great. Enjoy the mansion. Have lots of people over. But know that your fulfillment and satisfaction will never be found there. It needs to be found in Jesus. Go to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians, the fourth chapter. This is some powerful stuff here. And sometimes these type of truths get skipped over when teaching about God's will for you to be blessed and have more than enough and those type of truths. People forget about this part. And because their desires for God to bless them and and, and prosper them and do different things, they become real dissatisfied and discontent in their life as it is. And that's not the heart that gets to where they're going. Philippians chapter 4 in verse 10 says, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. What's he talking about? This is Paul talking. He's talking about their offering to him. He said, I'm so glad and I'm rejoicing in the Lord that you're able to help me out here. And you're able to do this. Uh, you're able to bless me financially. He said, before you wanted to, but you just didn't have a chance to do so. You didn't have the opportunity. You think about the circumstances they were in. Uh, their day, they couldn't exactly uh, email him some money or you know, wire him some money. Uh, in fact, when Paul would go on, on the road, uh, they would go mon- many, many months and have no idea what's happening. Quite different in the communications they had. They left. They wanted to help him. They wanted to, to minister to him, provide for him. But they didn't even know where in the world he was. Could someone go out there and look for Paul? <laughs> and so many times there was big gaps. And he, that's what he's talking about. He said, you wanted to do something before, but you lacked an opportunity. He's on the, you know, the other side of the Asia Minor there. Uh, but they didn't have opportunity to get to him. But he said, now you have. He's very glad about that. But he wants to bring out a point, and, and he does that uh, here in verse 11. He said, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I want you to notice that language. Well, in fact, we'll come back to that. He said, I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, notice this language. I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Notice that he had to learn that. It's not an automatic. It's not something we're born with. How many know what we're born with? My name is Jimmy. I'll take all you give me. (laughs) It's all about me. Meet my needs. I have needs too. (laughs) Fulfill my, you know, it's all about me. It's all about stuff. It's all about our surroundings. Being content with what you have is something that we must learn. If you haven't learned it, you're not happy. Now, you might have a temporary fix going on. Okay, you got a new car and it's like a drug. I like it. It'll make you feel good for a while. Got a new job. 
you know, got a new wife. It makes you feel good for a while. <laughs> but that's temporary. It's like a drug. It fit, you'll go back to normal. And there you'll be. Disgruntled. <laughs> uncon- ill-content. Unsatisfied. You won't be enjoying your life anymore. Okay. Learning how to be content is something we must all desire. Praise God. Learn to do it. But I like this. I think this is quite interesting. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We quote that scripture, and we use that in all kinds of situations. And I think it's right to do so. Because he said, I can do all things through Christ. Because it's an in Christ, it's an in Him reality. That means it's based on redemption. That means it applies to every one of us all the time. All right? We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. But look what he's talking about. He's saying, I can be happy with nothing. I can be content when I abound, and I can be content when I'm abased. How did he do that? Through Christ who strengthens him. He learned this, how this works, and through the power of of being in Christ, he was able to enjoy his life all the time. And that is an amazing statement, knowing who it's coming from. You might have thought, yeah, Paul's probably writing this to these Philippians. Some of them were, you know, complaining and griping and stuff. And so Paul's sitting up there in the Marriott in his, in his room, typing on his, I'm going to write these guys a letter. And now I'm going to go out to the beach for a while, and then I'll come up and write the letter. And you guys need to learn how to be abased. <laughs> Paul is in prison writing this. When he wrote the letter to the Philippians, he is abased. He is not currently abounding. And in the midst of that, he's saying, I'm having a good time too. He's saying, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I've learned that when I'm in prison, I can be happy. Wow. And we think, you know, again, we compare sometimes and we're just totally out of line in our thinking. We think, I've only got X number of square feet in my house. I can never be happy here. I just need some space. Why don't you go live in the closet for a while? <laughs> when you can be happy in the closet, then you're prepared to get a bigger house. How many know there are people today who are incarcerated in our prison system, been in there for years, and watch this. They're happy. Well, they've just adapted to the... No, no, no. Many have received the Lord and they've, they've become satisfied with Him alone. Wouldn't doesn't say that they wouldn't rather be out. You know, Paul was in prison for... Obviously, he wasn't ripping anybody off. Uh, he was in prison for preaching the gospel. And if anything, that would make you more ticked off because you know you don't deserve to be there. But he's content, and he's happy in the middle of it. And there are people, like I said, there are people in prison today who are happy, they're satisfied, they're, they're enjoying their existence. Wow. And there are people outside with stuff who are miserable. And we need to know, to know that our happiness, our ability to enjoy life is not contingent upon the things around us. It's an internal state that we have. It's a belief system that we have. It's our attitude towards everything around us.
So contentment is a learned trait. Now, some people have used this passage of Scripture to kind of promote a poverty doctrine. Sometimes the Lord just wants you to be abased. Not to have, that is not what he's saying here at all. Listen, the Lord wants you to prosper in every circumstance and situation. But if you're not currently prospering, don't grumble about it. Don't put up a big fuss about that. Get in faith and enjoy your salvation. Put yourself in a position to go up and to go higher. This same Paul wrote 2 Corinthians 9 where he talked, talked about how we'd always have all sufficiency in all things and abound unto every good work. Taught us about sowing and reaping, about, uh, about the promises of God. Amen? So he's not confused. Let's not think that that is saying something that it doesn't say. I want you to look at 1 Timothy chapter 6. We'll finish up over here today. But no one really desires depression in their life. But very few people really feel any kind of responsibility to maintain a positive attitude and positive emotions in the face of negative circumstances. They think they're just subject to what's ever happening around them. And I'm telling you, if Paul can say these type of things in jail, man, I think we can handle it. I think we can make some internal adjustments. And to where, at first, it's a little bit of work. At first, yeah, we're making ourselves do it. But after a period of time, we'll be able to genuinely, without a whole lot of effort, say, I'm happy. I'm enjoying life. Oh, the Lord's so good to me. Man, I'm saved. And if I don't ever get anything else, I've got that. Amen. And then we get in a position where we are expecting more. Come on, we need to learn how to forget the past. We need to learn how to enjoy our life today. And we need to learn how to expect a brighter tomorrow. And that's complete balance. Amen. When I say forget the past, it's the negatives of the past. Sometimes some things you learn from. But forget about it and enjoy today. Come on now. Say, but I got stuff. I got work tomorrow. I got all this stuff I got to deal with this week. I got all these questions. But today, just right now. The Lord loves you. Amen. You're alive. (laughs) There's reason to rejoice, reason to celebrate. You're forgiven of all your sins. If you haven't received that yet, you can do that in a moment. Amen. But there's good reason for us to be happy right now. And it's the will of God. And through Christ, we can do it. All things are possible with us in Him. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 6 says, Now godliness with contentment, what is it? Great gain. A lot of times we talk about gain, what benefits us, what helps us, what adds to us. Uh, This does more than anything. More than anything. What does? Godliness with contentment. Notice it's not just godliness. There are some godly people. Again, we mentioned them earlier. There are some godly people who are not having fun. They're not enjoying their life. They don't smile very much. See, I caught you. Some of you, you won't smile even if I smile at you. (laughs) Here I am trying to help you out. Some of you grin. Some of you look away so I can't make eye contact with you. This might be a new kind of church to you, but church is supposed to be fun. <laughs> You're in the presence of joy himself. 
the Lord. He's a happy camper. And you get around him, he's going to make you smile. Amen. <laughs> Elbow your neighbor. <laughs> I know he's talking to you. Godliness with contentment. There are those who are godly, but they're not content. And that's, again, something we must learn. But we can learn it and be content every day of our lives. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. The old saying goes, you never see a hearse pulling a U-Haul. And having food and clothing with these, we shall be content. Say, you saying, would it be wrong? What if I, I, I kind of desire to have more than just a little bit of food and clothes? What if I like, like to shop? <laughs> Some might say, is that out of line with this? No, it's not really out of line. We're just not basing our contentment and fulfillment on those external things. We're saying, I'm happy with Jesus. I'm content with Him. And I'm surviving. i got some food. I've got some clothes. I can be happy. Now add to that the blessing of God. And we expect to be daily loaded with benefits. Amen. We enjoy our salvation. And the Lord blesses us with, with friendship with family, with relationships, with finances, with material things. And but we do it all. We just use it. If we have it, it's not the source of our fulfillment. We just use it up. Amen. We add to other people's lives. But we could be all by ourselves just saved in a cell. And it's possible to enjoy yourself there. If that's possible, you can enjoy yourself where you're at. At the same time, if things are not going right, Expect them to change. Believe God that things are getting brighter and better for you. It's His will. It's His plan. But don't make it the source of your satisfaction. Amen. And in closing here today, Philippians chapter 4. You don't need to turn there if you don't want. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4 says, in the same book, Paul writing from prison, remember. Verse 4, rejoice in the Lord every once in a while. On occasion, if you feel like it, and if the music is just right, <laughs> rejoice in the Lord. If the bills are paid, body feels good, kids are all obedient, then rejoice in the Lord. Is that what he said? No. He said, what? Always. Rejoice in the Lord, always. And again I say, rejoice. Had to be reminded twice. Reminded from that prison guy to be happy. Isn't it sad when someone has to send you a letter for prison to tell you to cheer up? <laughs> you would think it'd be the other way around. Paul, keep your spirits up. It'll be okay. He's writing the letter. That shows us he has got some understanding that many people on the outside don't have. Amen. When things are looking up, things aren't going the way they're supposed to do. Supposed to be. Supposed to go. Rejoice. That's the word. I looked up that word rejoice. The Greek word meant 
means to be cheerful, to be happy or well off. It goes right in line with what we're talking about. What do you mean? How am I supposed to rejoice? Cheer up. Be happy. Amen. How often should I be happy? Always. 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 I was thinking we could get one of those little dudes right there. Put it on a little spring thing in the car. Put it on the dash. It might look corny. Right always, right underneath it. How many think that would be a good reminder? <laughs> always. Put one in the bathroom. And you wake up in the morning. Always. 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 You need to tell four or five people today. Always. Always. You might call someone that you know in here later on today. Just say, always. <laughs> Chances are, because we know people, they won't be at the moment. And you can catch them. Now, don't, now here's a side note. Don't call them in the middle of the night. <laughs> Proverbs says if you bless someone with a loud voice in the morning, it'll be taken as a curse. <laughs> so, don't lose your love walk. But let's remember, always, we rejoice, we're happy, we're glad in the Lord. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you today for your very presence in our lives. No matter what we feel or see, Lord, we believe your word that you never leave us, never forsake us, even to the end of the age. We can boldly say, the Lord is our helper. We will not fear what man will do. So I thank you for touching every single life. Lord, and touching us in our attitudes, in our thinking, in our approach to everything we experience. purpose in our lives today to be glad to be full of joy and victory just simply based on the fact that you are in us help us all to make attitude adjustments corrections corrections in our thinking so we can start enjoying you and all you've blessed us with father i do pray today for those who've come to church that have never been saved there may be those in our presence here now